Welcome to It Starts Within, a podcast from Platinum Performance, where we'll dive into the health challenges faced by veterinarians and horse owners alike. Join us for inspiring stories about the latest advancements in equine care, treatments, and comebacks. You'll hear interviews with elite competitors, innovative researchers, and the veterinarians that devote their lives to horses and the humans that love them. At Platinum Performance, we know the power of nutrition starts within. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Platinum Performance. It starts within podcast. My name is Jesse Bengoa, and I am here with a very special treat today. That is the one and only Haley Kinsel, two-time world champion barrel racer, pilot of the famous Mare Sister, and one of our dear friends here at Platinum Performance for a long, long time. And I'm super excited to be here with Haley and have a chance to sit down and talk with her during uh, arguably the busiest week of the year for her, which is the kickoff of the 2020 WNFR, which is the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. And it is taking place for the first time in Arlington, Texas this year, which is not far from Haley's hometown of Stephenville. And so we're going to get a chance to sit down and talk to her, grill her a little bit on what makes she and her horses tick on the road, their competitive edge, and let her share a few of her secrets with us. So let's get started and kick it right off with Haley. Um, And one of my first questions is, about your horses, Haley. I mean, we, we want to get to know you and we want to get to know them. It is really the dynamic duo in the arena that everybody loves to watch, and that's you and sister. But you also have a couple more coming up, um, namely Nala and TJ. So give us a little bit of insight into, first of all, the lady, the myth, the legend, and that is sister, uh, and also the other horses that have a place in your trailer. The sister is definitely pretty well known for running barrels, but I am lucky to be the one that gets to be around her. She is super, super sweet, um, very lovable most of the time, pretty moody, kind of depends if she wants you around, you be around, and if not, you don't really push that envelope. Um, She's very laid back most of the time at home, but when she gets somewhere, she knows the drill, Um, happy in the stall, happy at the trailer, but When it comes to run barrel, she's very intense. She is super, super confident um, in her ability and in me and has zero confidence in the outside world. So everything else other than her job is a little scary to her, but she knows her own ability and knows what she's capable of and is not afraid to show that off a little bit much sometimes. Um, Yeah. And then there's TJ and Nala, of course. TJ is my old faithful man. He's 16 and he's just, he's been in my life for a long time. And as a doll, he's the most trusty backup I could ever ask for. And Nala is my up and comer that I've had for a few years now. Um, She's very special and she's the sweetest horse I have ever been around. Just a, a doll to have around. She has a silly side, but it's all out of love. She, she means no ill against anyone. Perfect. Thank you, Haley. And next up, I want to know a little bit about your philosophy as a trainer and a writer and how you adapt kind of that philosophy to each horse that you pilot according to their unique athletic strengths and their personalities. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I think there's so much to learn from each one of them, whether you trained them or whether they came from somebody else. So I think what's important to me is just noting what they're really, really good at. Like what are their best qualities 
in the pattern uh, to handle so that like when you deal with the not so great qualities or just something that you're not as used to and it's different for you, you don't stress about it and it doesn't bother you or take away from your ability to do really well. So just trying to keep in mind, I am on this horse today. This horse really excels at dot, dot, dot and try and keep those things at the forefront of my mind so I can bring that out in them in a run. You talk a lot about the national finals rodeo because that's obviously what America tunes in to watch at the same time. This is a this is an all year, every day focus for you all. I mean, this is your lifestyle, this is your career. So tell us about being on the road, life on the road, what it takes, your strategy, how you manage yourself in your horses. You know, it, and I feel like your fans, as we watch you, and you know, we watch you run in Houston, we watch you run in Cheyenne, and it's like, oh my gosh, Haley's not on sister tonight. Why not? You know, and it's like, there's, there's a strategy behind that. So kind of tell us how the long road of the year usually goes, you know, and we'll talk about the NFR in a minute, but how that goes and how your strategy kind of adapts. For me, it's important to have a program, a plan of some kind. And I think there's no right way to do it. Um, there are a few wrong ones, but you try and avoid those and then come up with your plan and what works best for you and your horses and try and stick to that because everything else in rodeo, that's the name of the game. Things change. We deal with variables. I would say 90% of things change from one stop to the next, but if you can keep your 10% together and keep it the same for you and your horses, it just kind of helps you stay focused on what they need and be really aware of where they're at and what, what's going on with them. So trying to stay tuned into your horse is the biggest thing. Um, I, you know, I love to look at different rodeos based on how much it's going to pay based on the ground conditions, based on the atmosphere and decide based on that, which horse is best for that setup. Not saying you're going to make the right call every time. There may be a rodeo I've won on sister that I choose not to take her back to and maybe try another horse for various reasons. There's just so much that goes into that thought process. But the biggest thing, and I mean, the key thing is what's best for that horse that day. No matter what I want, no matter what I need to win, um, it's, it's such a, it's a management program, I guess you would call it. And like, I feel like I'm, I'm their manager. That's my job is to make all the decisions for them to where they can do their best and be their best, not just that day at that rodeo, but for the year, for their career, et cetera. So I feel like it's a big, it's a, it's a full-time management position um, that goes into every little decision we make. Amazing. Now let's go to really the topic at hand this week. And that is the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. And I mean, I'm talking right now to one of the dominant forces in barrel racing. You've got world championships, you've got a WNFR record, go round buckles, wins at most of the famous rodeos in the world. And just as importantly, you really have the respect of your fellow competitors for being an exceptional sportswoman and a horsewoman. So let's talk for a minute about the biggest show of them all, the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo, and making it to the WNFR. I mean, it's something that most competitors only dream about, but really are never going to get the opportunity to experience. So let's talk about what those 10 days are like, starting with how you take care of your horses and how that may be different than their usual routine. I mean, that's got to be something that's on your mind. They're away from home for an elongated period of time. It's busy. There's a lot of horses and competitors around. So tell us about how you prepare for that and what your new routine looks like during the WNFR. I think 
the consistency is huge and getting there early and being able to establish um, your sort of a program is good if you can. Um, having things be as regular as possible. So I'll split up my feeding program throughout the day um, into three feedings. And I'll actually start that at least a week before I leave from home so that they get used to eating on a schedule. That way uh, their meal, their their dinner basically, which would normally be about the time we're running barrels, is in the middle of the day and then split up until after also. And I feel like they do a great job um, getting being able to relax so that they'll eat, um, making sure they stay hydrated, making sure that they're eating all of their um, supplements and things to make sure they get their CJ before they run um, in that middle of the day uh, window, um, keeping all of the other uh, supplements that I like to give, like the Renew and the Longevity, very regular so that everything I want in their system stays there for those 10 days and keeps them powering through. Having help is huge because we are normally with them you know, 24 seven at home and at the other rodeos, we don't get to be the ones there all the time because we have to do uh, appearances and signings and things like that, which are a great way to connect to the fans. But um, having a, a team is important. And people who know my mom have seen her jump in the alleyway, but what they don't get to see is how tirelessly she works all day long doing what's normally my job of meeting every horse's need. And that's, that's huge to have a team that can propel you so that those horses still get that same consistency they would normally get from you. Perfect, Haley. Thank you. And next up is... A question that I really have about kind of what you love about being a horsewoman. I mean, you're known for not only your world championships, but you love to bring up young horses. It's in your blood. Your mom is an incredible horsewoman. Um, and you love to make those next high level competitors. So tell me what it is that you love about your fraternity horses and kind of the process of making these horses. I've always been competitive in really anything, played lots of sports as a kid and kind of tried everything. Our parents wanted us to be exposed to everything and probably to discourage us from rodeoing, maybe, I don't know. But I kind of ended up saying like, um, enough with the rest, like this is the one. But I remember being competitive everything, but I kind of thought I have when I have something I'm good at, like I'd rather enter something I'm better at. I don't like to lose. So that was what we went with. And um, thankfully I do have awesome supportive parents that are both very handy and very helpful and willing to help. And I've had a passion for wanting to train. I do want to train and be a trainer someday. I don't feel like I am yet, but I've been blessed that I've been exposed to it from a young age and just allowed to be a part of the process for, with Colts, with, from groundwork to breaking, to starting them on the pattern, to seasoning and getting him going as a rodeo horse. And that the, the latter part I've got to do more often. And I feel like I will for a little while. Um, but uh, I hope someday I'll get to do even more of the training in the basics. And so being able to learn about all of that has been exciting for me because that is my, my passion and my goal. But I have I absolutely love competing too. So for the time that it presents itself so that I have a competitive horse to go down the road and experience that adrenaline and that kind of I want to win mentality that I'm going to enjoy as long as I can possibly milk it for. <laughs> So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about a vital piece of the puzzle. And that is preparation. 
I mean, you are prepared when you come into a rodeo for the success that you earn on the other end of it. So tell me about that preparation and your plan going into it, what your program looks like, everything from your nutrition program to your conditioning strategy and how you involve your veterinarian as part of your team. So tell me about the things that you're taking into consideration to maintain a competitive edge. I definitely think it comes in stages and I think nutrition is your key and number one stage from the ground up. If they're being fed correctly and if they're getting the nutrients that they need, which I'm so grateful for platinum for, um, there, you've got the building blocks to go on from there. And then it comes to conditioning and conditioning properly and keeping them fit so that they don't have injuries that are unnecessary. Um, your, your shooting comes into play big time. Um, everything has to be from literally from the ground up in that sense. And in all of these areas, your vet plays a huge part. I wouldn't, I wouldn't separate the veterinarian as a fourth part. I would say that that oversees all of those parts and assists you with your new nutrition, your conditioning, and your shoeing, and give you that advice. And I'm grateful for that. Dr. David Dutton has been in my life since I was little. Um, he was our go-to for major things when we had, you know, a, good horses as kids. And as it progressed and as my career progressed, he was just there every step of the way. And so I'm so grateful to him. He's who uh, got me to consider platinum from the start. And we had used it off and on as different issues and always had success and always ended up coming back to it because it was the thing that worked. It was the thing that kept them the healthiest. So we, I think it's really important to check in with your vet really often, keep them updated on your, what you're feeding and what you're um, giving us supplements and your conditioning and your schedule and let them know where, what your goals are to get this horse ready for and help them help you be realistic about those goals and what it's going to take to get that horse ready so that they don't just have a chance to win, but they have a chance to stay sound and healthy through that whole process. I love that. That longevity for sure. And Dr. Dutton is amazing. We're, we're fans of his. And tell me how you communicate with him when you're on the road. Is there a lot of phone calls and FaceTimes or how do, you, how do you handle that when there's something that you suspect you need him for? He's great with a quick text any time of day. He's also taking a lot of late night phone calls from me, thankfully. I appreciate that very much. And also helping me connect with other vets when needed because it's, they can't be everywhere. Um, they have a job. He has a family at home. And I think that's really awesome, too, is that I've been able to develop a network of vets in the areas that we go to that are now getting to know my horses throughout the year. They know I'll only be there for a little bit of time, but they usually respect your vet back home and, and know them and know of them, and that's important as well, so that they can communicate. I really love being at a vet clinic where they'll call Dr. Dutton on speakerphone and say, you know, this is your client, your, your horse, that horse is your client. So what do you want to tell me about this horse? And here's what I'm seeing. And that, that's a huge thing right there, that communication and having a great network of veterinarians. Okay, great. And, you know, I want to follow up on that with a bit more of some specifics, if you would. And that would be, let's zero in on diet and kind of how in on what role that plays and how your horses perform and the longevity of their career. So tell me in a little bit more detail about your feed program, what you choose for your horses and why. Yeah, I so I feed a Purina strategy to most of my horses. It's a safe zone feed. Um, I really like that they are um, always on a good balance, and it's a universal feed, so I can get it pretty much anywhere, and it's going to be the exact same quality. And I think uh, high-quality forage is very important, and also the changing between different forages. So I like to feed grass hay and alfalfa. My horses love good leafy alfalfa. But as you go to different areas, 
um, that that hay quality changes and just you know how the grass has grown in that area of the country changes and so I try and really monitor when I'm going to make a change from one hay source to another grass or alfalfa and try and mix it in as best I can so that it's not a shock to their system um, of course hydration is huge and key and as you go to, from different altitudes different areas different temperatures something to majorly watch and keep an eye on but as it, the, the key thing that is, is so consistent in, I think, always all, obviously say in all of our program is that platinum never changes either. So I know that they're getting what they need to. And you'll notice, too, as you're traveling, what horses tend to deplete in, um, what they tend to, to need and want, um, what they're getting from certain forages. And I can tell when they start to you know look like they need something different and I can go back to my platinum source for that nutrient, for that vitamin, and make sure that they're being filled. Because like you say, with forage, it's you can't always tell what you're gonna get until you start feeding it and you hope it's for the best and you try your best to find the, the greatest quality stuff. But in the end, some of their they're, they're going to be depleted in certain ways, especially when you're on the trailer all the time and making runs. So just having a strong supplement company that I can fall back on and know that I can insert whatever they need at that time through platinum, that's really handy. So Haley, you know, my next question is really about you and you have become kind of a shining example and a role model in this business at a very young age. You've got so much left ahead of you, but there are a lot of women out there who aspire to be in your boots. And I want to know what the most important lesson you've learned is and how that's helped to guide your success and how you would then translate that into a piece of advice that you would give somebody whose goal is to be where you are right now in their future. You know, one thing that I've been reflecting on recently is more along the lines of people ask us a lot, um, how the basic question, how did you get to where you are? And I don't think of where I am as the goal. I don't think of my life as goals. Um, I think I am on the way to where I want to head today, tomorrow, the next day in 10 years. But I think my greatest advice is, to that question in response to that is to turn it around and say, please don't try and look at this as where you want to be. Look at your goals. What do you excel at? What are you best at? Where do you need work? Where, you know, I think focus on that, not just daily in the small things, but also long-term and look at it that way. But if you look at you as an individual, you might say, well, I have a great horse in my life. Maybe not an NFR caliber, but can really win at such and such place. So I'm going to go to such and such place and really win until I can step up to another horse that can go to a higher level and compete there. I think just learning how to focus very hard on being your best is what gets us down the road and it gets us to the next goal, it gets us to the next step. So that's, I guess, my greatest advice is just focus on you and where you're at, where you want to go and what you need to do to get there. And it won't be the same story as all of us. You can include some very um, common factors like platinum, for example, is a good thought. Um, you know, you can throw that in your program and it will help you. You can include veterinary care and hard work and good nutrition and conditioning. But in the end, your individual journey with your individual horse is entirely up to you. So focus really hard on what you need to work on and go from there. 
Okay, now that we've gotten to know Haley, sister, Nala, the TJ, the whole group, we are going to transition into a little bit of rapid fire. So we don't give her a chance to think about these answers and get to know her even a little bit better. So we're going to go rapid fire here, Haley. I have a couple questions for you. Shoot the first thing on your mind right at us and let's see how this goes. So favorite rodeo to run at? Calgary. Toughest rodeo to run at? If we're talking toughness like competition, don't enter the NFR unless you think you're going to win. You picture this. We worked all year for this, and 15 girls show up going to give their best. Are you sure you want to try and enter that? Because I think people look at it and think, like, a lot of judgment is cast throughout the NFR. And I, you know, likely so. I mean, we came, didn't come all that way to hit barrels. But when you do, man, are you sure you want to try it? Because it is the toughest in as far as competition goes. When 15 girls show up, Oh, completely yeah. prepared, 100% ready to bring it. Be scared. Be scared. Run. Whatever you need to do. Most embarrassing rodeo moment. Let's dig into this. Uh, mine is not in professional rodeo. It's actually in my college goat tying career. I, you know, goat tying is like simple event, right? Horse just has to run straight. Not a hard job. So I get this ranch horse from home because I needed a goat horse. And the first couple rodeos went fine. Wasn't ideal, but fine. Third rodeo, I am hanging off the side. I am about to land, and she just cuts me off, and, like, I got under her and rolled. My hat stayed on because I'm a cowgirl, and, <laughs> but it was mashed, and I got up and tied, and I made the short round, but I didn't even want to, like, go because it was so bad because, like, I didn't even have anything to tie up that. But I have a video of myself getting – legit rolled by a horse on the way to the goat like she hated me so that was her last goat tying effort because she wasn't embarrassed but I was which of your wins has meant the most to you first American it was mind-blowing and life-changing for me and and having to make that tough run and not knowing what my horse was that the even at the time was pretty incredible that was her breakout um first world championship was so sentimental and it's the thing it's just the thing that we've all dreamed of, and I remember it so, so well. And first time at Calgary to win it there was Calgary is – it's everyone's favorite rodeo. You'd always heard it for so long, and to go and to win it, I remember I remember that one. I always will. And now we're going to get super deep here. What's your Starbucks drink order? Two drinks every time. Never leave there without two drinks because you never know when you're going to see another Starbucks. So venti chai tea latte, hot – and grande caramel macchiato, also hot. And there you have it, folks. The one and only Haley Kinsel. We all have the opportunity to watch her run at the WNFR this week from December 3rd to the 12th in Arlington, Texas. It's airing live on RFD TV and the Cowboy Channel. So I hope you tune in and watch Haley and sister uh, really show us what legends are made of. I mean, I know it might sound a little cliche, but you really are watching one of the very best in the business. And I thank you, Haley, for being here with me today and to our listeners for getting to know you a little bit better. Um, and we just wish you nothing but the best of luck. And we're so grateful to have you on Team Platinum. So with that, I hope you'll tune in next time to the Platinum Performance It Starts Within podcast. Take care, everybody. Mm -hmm.